0: Hello everybody and welcome back to this episode of the Ostomy Nurse Project. I'm Felicity, your host, and in this episode we're going to be talking about something quite specific to people who live with stomas. We're going to be addressing the issue of pain. As a stoma nurse, we do get... fairly frequent phone calls from patients who might be experiencing a little bit of pain whether it's related to their stoma or related to any recent surgery or perhaps seemingly unrelated to their stoma but they have some concerns about pain they're experiencing and pain is the body's warning system i suppose uh, when you are sick or injured now this warning system can be something that we expect Say, for instance, in the post-operative period where there's a lot of surgical healing going on, but it can also be a sign of something else. Uh, If you have been living for a period of time without pain and then all of a sudden you do have pain, this can trigger warning signs that something might be going wrong or that you might need to seek assistance or get something followed up or checked out. So in terms of managing people who do live with a stoma, pain and learning to recognize pain and where it's coming from and how we deal with that is a large part of our job. So in this episode today, we're going to be looking at a few different things. We're going to give you a basic description or distinguishing between the different types of pain that people experience and and what parts of the body those signals come from. And then we're going to get a little bit more specific and talk about the certain types of pain that some people who live with a stoma come to us with uh, when they've got concerns and looking at what sort of conditions may be causing that pain, uh, the symptoms that that pain may present as or uh, the other symptoms that might go along with that pain, as well as the relevant treatment or the recommendations for treatment that we would give a person if they were suffering from pain um, and had concerns that needed to be followed up. Now, if this is the podcast that you are tuning into for the first time and you are a person who is currently experiencing pain, by all means, of course, I encourage you, please get in touch with your specialist or your stomal therapy nurse for advice. This is not a diagnostic Or treatment podcast episode it's simply an episode that's talking about the types of pain that people with stomas experience and uh, what that can mean in some situations but if you are a person who is listening to this and you do currently have symptoms of pain related or unrelated to your stoma please get in touch with a healthcare professional and seek appropriate advice Otherwise, if this is not the first episode that you have tuned into, I thank you very much and I appreciate all the downloads that we've been getting, especially whilst we were on hiatus um, and posting recordings due to the COVID epidemic and certain other things, i.e. me having a baby coming up soon. But I did just want to shout out to everybody to thank you for your continued support whilst the Ostomy Nurse Project continues on. Okay, now finally getting on to the topic of pain and how we uh, explain pain or describe pain. It can be incredibly difficult as a person when you have symptoms of pain trying to get in touch with somebody to explain what type of pain that you have. One of the first questions that you often get asked if you've got pain is, well, can you describe your pain? And that would prompt you to talk about things like where it's located, how severe it is, what type of pain it feels like. But the, the difficulty in explaining pain is that there is a lot of different descriptions that we use to articulate exactly what pain is and where it's coming from and how it is being perceived by the person who's experiencing it. And that can be really confusing for a lot of people because, for instance, when we talk about pain, we can talk about anything from nociceptive to psychogenic to neuropathic, visceral, somatic, nociplastic, acute, chronic... Mixed, um, and then there's different words to describe the the type of pain or sensation, so hurting, aching, burning, uh, stabbing, throbbing, deep, superficial. all these terms are used to describe pain that we can experience. so that in for some people can be very difficult to describe, particularly if it's the first time that they've experienced the symptoms of pain, uh, if they're not quite used to it, or in the context of stomas. Having never had a stoma before, some people are completely in the dark about what's considered relatively typical signs of of pain and what's considered unusual or what not to expect in terms of pain that they may experience if they're living with a stoma for the first time. So before we get on to talking about what types of stoma conditions can cause pain or the sensation of pain, let's have a little bit of a description to distinguish between the different types of pain and what we mean when we talk about certain types of pain. Now the first two terms that I want to explain about are the terms nociceptive pain and neuropathic pain. We're going to talk about how they differ from each other and how they are the same and how those pain signals arise and what causes them then after that i want to talk about the other two common phrases that we talk about when it comes to pain and that's using the term acute pain and chronic pain and again how they are similar and how they differ and how to distinguish between whether the pain that you're feeling is acute pain or whether it's developed as chronic pain let's look at the term nociceptive pain I can almost guarantee that anybody who has had a stoma formed in any way shape or form has experienced this type of pain because nociceptive pain is pain that results from damage to tissues uh, that have sensory nerve endings so when our tissues are damaged like our skin so through surgery if we've been operated on that nerve receptor in the skin sends a signal to the brain for interpretation that something bad is happening and we need to create pain as a stimulus to get away from that sensation so nociceptive pain is pain that you might feel in the skin is pain that you might feel from trauma or damage now you can get nociceptive pain not necessarily just from damage to the external skin you can experience nociceptive pain from any damage to any tissues so for instance you break a leg obviously you'll get some bone pain from there if you are having surgery on your organs the resulting pain from that due to the inflammation is also nociceptive pain so it's important to understand that not that any professional will ever sit there and say "Hmm, it sounds like you've got some nociceptive pain but it's important to understand that nociceptive pain is pain due to damage of the tissues and it is the sensory nerve receptors that pick up that signal that something bad is happening and it sends that signal to the brain and the brain sends a signal back saying yep we need to get away from this sensation so let's create pain for people who live with a stoma whether it's just a newly formed stoma in the post-surgical phase or whether you've had your stoma for a prolonged period of time you can experience this type of pain for different reasons post-operative surgical pain is obviously one of those sensations because of trauma through the surgery itself peristomal skin damage things like leakage and irritation on the skin underneath your appliance this is also the same type of nociceptive pain that people get because there is trauma or tissue damage happening at a superficial level on the skin and it's damaging those little nerve receptors that sit in the skin and it's telling you that something is going wrong that needs to be fixed or corrected and then the pain will go away which anybody who's ever had peristomal skin damage will know as soon as that skin damage is covered and it heals up the pain simply goes away so how does this type of pain differ from the other type of pain that we refer to which is what we call neuropathic pain pain Now, the name tends to denote what type of pain or the origin of the pain and where it comes from. Neuro means nerve and pathic means obviously a problem with. And neuropathic pain tends to refer more to damage that's caused to the signaling system, which I mentioned before. So uh, things like the central nervous system, the spinal cord Or the surrounding nerves in areas that have been damaged over a long period of time so it is nerve pain it's not necessarily traumatic pain so you may not have suffered any particular trauma for any reason but because of a problem or a fault with the signaling system or the messaging system from that nerve pathway people can experience the sensation of pain A good example is people with diabetes who have what we call peripheral neuropathy, which is where they get that sort of hot burning numbness, tingling in the hands and the feet. They may get um, like a radiating burning sensation. And anyone who's had pins and needles that's quite painful, these are the types of pain uh, sensations that are more neuropathic because it's not that the skin's had any damage done to it. Well, it has, but it's on a chronic level. It's the pain from the nerves or a problem with the signaling of the nerves that's causing that painful sensation instead of actual tissue damage. Some conditions can cause neuropathic pain. So as I just mentioned, diabetes is a big one uh, where people get diabetic neuropathy and they get pain and sensations in their hands and feet due to damage to the nervous system. People who suffer from a condition called post neuralgia, if anybody's ever had shingles before, you can get a resulting condition where the um, effect on the, or the damage to the, the somatosensory nervous system from that virus can actually cause people to get latent uh, pain in uh, following the nerve pathways that they had the shingles on. And that's very painful for some people. These are all examples of what we call neuropathic pain rather than nociceptive pain. Now, don't get confused because people who have had a stoma formed or whether it's new or or pre-existing, as I said, can also experience neuropathic pain. For some people who have had their stoma formed as a result of cancer, who have undergone chemo or radiation treatment, the damage to the nerves from said treatment can actually result in the patient experiencing pain symptoms um, or nerve pain. Uh, inflammation is one of the causes of neuropathic pain which anybody who's been in a post-surgical phase if they have a very high inflammatory experiences or lots of swelling that can actually put pressure on the main nerves and this can cause nerve pain as well so uh, anybody whether they have a stoma or don't have a stoma can experience neuropathic pain but this is just to distinguish between the two different types of main pain that we that we feel when we have a stoma formed so there's damage as a result of trauma or there's damage as a result of a problem or a disease of the the signaling pathways Now, the only other differences in pain descriptions that I want to talk about is the difference between acute pain and chronic pain. Some people suffer from acute pain, which is usually the result of an injury or some sort of damage. So the pain that comes on can be relatively sudden. So it can happen as a result of something like injury or trauma. And that's an alarm system. So when we talk about nociceptive pain, that's often a form of acute pain pain and acute pain lets us know that something's wrong with our body and that we need to fix it now the difference between acute pain and chronic pain is that acute pain normally fades or or subsides as the injury heals itself or as that damage is repaired. So that can last for a few moments. It can last for several days or acute pain can actually last for up to several weeks. The difference or what makes it chronic pain is pain that's been present for longer than six to 12 weeks. Um, And it may be due to an ongoing condition. So some sort of disease. It can result from nerve damage in some cases Or it can be related to an oversensitive nervous system or or inflammation or something like that. So, Or there's something else going on. So really the only difference I wanted to point out between acute and chronic pain is that one is fairly uh, of sudden onset and resolves typically within a normal healing time frame. Whereas chronic pain is ongoing pain that doesn't subside within that initial few days to weeks. Okay, now I could go on for a very long time about describing the different types of pain, but now that we've covered the basics, let's talk about some of the common and sometimes less so common stoma conditions that might cause a person some pain or discomfort. And I'm going to start with probably the most common one, and that would be pain that's related to the skin around the stoma, which we call peristomal area pain or area discomfort. Uh, There's a few other names for it, but this refers to any sort of localized pain that sits around the stoma. Peristomal area pain or localized pain around the stoma can actually have many different causes. So for instance, things like granulomas, which are little growths around the stoma mucosa mucocutaneous separation which in the first few weeks post-operatively is where the stitches are dissolving and we create a scab around the stoma other conditions that are less common are things like uh, peristomal abscess where there is a wound developing around the stoma or you might find there's peristomal pain related to skin conditions such as thrush which is a a yeast infection around the, the area immediately around the stoma or underneath the appliance now out of all of those the one I haven't added is probably the most common reason for peristomal discomfort or pain and that is because of peristomal skin irritation due to leakage of output from the stoma Now, this is a different pain to the next type of discomfort I'm going to talk about in a minute, which is post-surgical recovery pain, which is a bit deeper than, than the superficial layers of the skin. But peristomal skin irritation has a lot of accompanying symptoms that a lot of people who live with a stoma can probably relate to. Majority of people will have experienced some form of skin irritation at some point in their stoma life. So the symptoms of peristomal skin irritation might be an itching type pain. I've had some people describe it as a bit like a hot bubbling sensation underneath the appliance or or on the skin. Some people liken it to a stinging sunburnt feeling. Uh, If any of you have ever had sunburn before it's quite a, a nasty stinging sensation or a raw sensation. Or it could be described as a local pain when touching or cleaning the skin around the stoma. All right, so this is a type of nociceptive pain that we were just talking about. And the causes of this pain, as I've mentioned, is all to do with irritation to the skin. There is something that's disturbing the very delicate nerve receptors on the superficial layers of the the dermis, which is sending signals to the brain that there's something irritating or something wrong there. And majority of the time, it's to do with stoma output, whether it's urine or fecal output. The enzymes and the moisture that come out of that output come into contact with the skin and start to digest the protein structures in the the layers of the epidermis. Left long enough onto the skin, that's going to cause enough damage to reach those delicate nerve endings and start to burn and irritate them. So if you're a person who lives with a stoma and you do start experiencing any of these sensations, the itching, the hot tingling, um, the burning or the, the stinging sensation underneath your appliance, it's very important to have a look at the most appropriate treatment for that. And that, of course, is going to depend on the root cause of the problem. It's always best to rule out those other causes, so things like the granulomas or the separation or any wound or abscess that may be present on the skin. So if you can or if you are in touch with a stomal therapy nurse, we often appreciate photos. Don't be ashamed. We love to get photos. It helps us to understand what's going on. But sometimes those images can help us tell you whether the problem is simply... Uh, an issue of leakage and irritation due to output coming into contact with the skin or whether there is a different condition that's causing that pain but if it is the most common cause which is leakage onto the skin it's important to treat that as quickly as possible to obviously resolve that pain and the way that we treat that is to reiterate the importance of measuring your stoma size making sure that you're cutting your appliances or that you have the right diameter or shape cut out of your appliances before you apply them, whether or not you're using any accessory products to help get a really secure adhesion of the appliance to your skin to protect it from coming into contact post-surgically the most common reason that people end up with this sort of pain around their stoma is that the stoma actually shrinks and the post-operative swelling that they once had after their operation has all of a sudden resolved and their stoma has shrunk and often it it's shrunk before they have had a chance to remeasure and recut their appliances to fit that smaller size. So, if you are a person who is listening who is very early in the post surgical phase, that's one of the important things to check for if you do start experiencing peristomal pain around the localized superficial area around the stoma. It's important to distinguish between peristomal skin irritation and post operative pain due to recovery. Quite often in the six to eight weeks after your operation, the abdomen is going to be quite tender and a lot of people do report getting quite a bit of discomfort slightly deeper into the abdomen around the stoma. This is most likely a musculoskeletal pain because the stoma or the piece of bowel has actually been brought through a defect in the abdominal muscle wall. As that heals and as scarring takes place, and tissues start to reform around that structure that can be quite uncomfortable for some people and that can cause people a bit of discomfort particularly when they're active again or when you start resuming your normal activities and you might notice an increase in pain a little bit deeper in within the stoma itself If it's localized around the stoma and you're noticing that it is exacerbated or getting worse when you are active, it's important to obviously uh, rest and relax and make sure that that pain and discomfort does go away. More often than not, people can get away with taking analgesia or pain relief and resting, and that pain will subside. It is generally post-surgical pain due to inflammation and scarring that's trying to grow, and it will resolve with pain relief and rest. If it doesn't resolve, however, and that pain continues or if it even gets worse, it is important to contact your specialist. If your stoma continues to function during this pain, Uh, that's not such a big deal. If you are noticing that the pain is exacerbated or you are getting this discomfort and the stoma is not working, so that means no output coming from the stoma, that might be an indication that there is a different problem going on, which is an obstruction, which I'm going to talk about later in this episode. But if it's pain that's related to exercise and you find that you do get relief with analgesia and rest, That is more than likely post-operative recovery pain and wound healing, essentially. But of course, if you're ever concerned about any type of pain related to the stoma, do get in touch with your stoma therapy nurse who can advise you on the best treatment possible or may refer you back to your specialist if they feel that that warrants further investigation. All right, now the next kind of pain that I want to talk about isn't necessarily to do with the stoma itself, But there's a category of people who do have a stoma that's not necessarily for bowel output and that's people who live with a urostomy or a urinary diversion or an ileal conduit. If you are a person who has had a stoma formed through having your bladder diverted or removed altogether, you will have a stoma that puts out urine instead of feces. And in having this type of stoma formed, you are at a slightly increased risk of developing other conditions that people with a bowel stoma would not normally get. And that's um, a type of pain or discomfort that I refer to as renal or kidney pain. And this can be experienced if you happen to be suffering a condition called urosepsis. We would normally call it a UTI or a urinary tract infection, but because you no longer have a urinary tract, It's very easy for you to develop what we call urosepsis after having a urostomy formed. And that's essentially a urine infection that's heading up towards the kidneys. Now, again, just to add, much like the uh, peristomal skin problems, it's important to rule out other causes of kidney pain or renal pain. So it's not necessarily just urosepsis. Other causes of renal pain can be things like obstruction, uh, and this can be due to either kidney stones or kidney disease or other diseases. Some cancers can block off the ureters, and stop urine from flowing or generalized inflammation in the kidneys or the ureters or the stoma itself which may cause the kidneys to become unhappy and they may swell and you may get related kidney pain due to that either way the same principle applies if you are ever concerned about pain in that area and you do live with a urostomy or if you don't do get in touch with a medical professional who may be able to point you in the right direction or suggest a particular treatment for that. It's always important to get it checked out to rule out those other causes as well. Now, if any of you have ever had a UTI or a kidney infection in particular, you would know that it is not a pleasant thing to experience. It is quite painful and you do end up feeling pretty rotten whenever you have it. So the symptoms of urosepsis or You know, renal or kidney pain that you may be experiencing would be a pain that is felt uh, in the back typically or what we call the flank, which is sort of the lower uh, left or right sides under the ribs or to the right or the left of the spine. This would be an indication that there's kidney pain or renal pain that could be related to urosepsis or a urine infection. You may have other accompanying symptoms that go with this pain, and that's things like fever, nausea, vomiting, blood in the urine. These are all symptoms that you're brewing an infection, and that is causing you to feel unwell. And typically, for those of us who still have a bladder intact, we have nerve endings that detect the brewing of an infection, and we would get that stinging or burning sensation when we urinate. But for people who live with a urostomy, in the absence of a bladder, you no longer have that sensation. And so this is where it becomes very easy for you to develop urosepsis because you're not getting those preclinical signs that there's something brewing. So that's where you start to find that you might be getting that flank pain or you might have associated symptoms that go with that pain that suggest that you're getting an infection And of course, it is imperative that you do seek medical treatment for this. It is not something that usually goes away on its own. It usually requires a course of antibiotics and medical treatment from a doctor to make sure that that infection clears up. So if anybody uh, listening is a person who lives with a urostomy and you do find that you are getting the flank pain or the, the kidney pain around the back, as well as associated symptoms, you may want to get in touch with your GP or your specialist or your stomal therapy nurse to seek advice on the best course of treatment for that. All right, moving along, I want to try and keep these fairly simple uh, so that we don't run into too much time because I want this to be a fairly short episode. The next problem that I want to talk about is uh, due to what we call peristomal hernia. If you are wondering what a parastomal hernia is, please tune in to the Ostomy Nurse episode that talks about peristomal hernias. It's essentially where the bowel continues to slip through the defect in the abdominal wall and creates a bulge behind the stoma itself. So you may find that you've got a big lump or even a fairly little lump that sits underneath the skin around your stoma. And this can make pouching quite difficult. It can create an uneven plane or surface that can make it really difficult for you to get your pouches to stick. But the problem that I want to talk about essentially to do with parastomal hernias is what to do when you start experiencing pain as a result of these hernias. As a general rule, and a very general rule, hernias are not painful. They are disfiguring and they are uncomfortable and quite difficult to manage. But as a general rule, they tend to be not that painful. However, if you do experience some pain and discomfort and you do think that you have a peristomal hernia, you may have some symptoms that can be described as perhaps a burning or an aching sensation directly at the site of that lump or that bulge. And these symptoms can vary from person to person. So some people might find that they develop an acute or an intense pain whenever they're coughing or sneezing or straining with that hernia. Other people describe the pain as a more of a discomfort, like a heavy dragging feeling so it's very subjective it depends on the person so it can be quite difficult to describe pain associated with a hernia now the causes of the pain to do with a parastomal hernia is either to do with two things one is generalized tearing or stretching of that opening as i said which is the the defect in the muscle wall that the surgeon created when they brought that piece of bowel through and onto the skin So that the general stretching of the fascia and the muscle and those tissues can cause pain and discomfort locally at the site. The other cause of pain that people may experience is a less common complication of a hernia, which is what we call a strangulated hernia or an incarcerated hernia. And these terms are used to describe a condition where the bowel actually gets trapped in that hole so if enough bowel slips through that defect and the bowel then swells up either whilst it's full of fecal material or if the um, the aperture of the hole that it slipped through is too tight that will cut off the blood supply to that section of bowel and it will become ischemic and that can result in quite severe pain it can also become accompanied with other symptoms such as a lack of stoma output nausea vomiting, fever and worst case scenario signs of what we call ischemic gut which is an emergency situation and does require medical assistance straight away. So how do we tell the difference between a strangulated hernia and just a hernia? One of the important things to note is the activity of the stoma itself. If the stoma is functioning and you do have a hernia That's generally a sign that you're just experiencing the symptoms of a peristomal hernia. As long as the, the stoma itself is continuing to function, then the normal pathway of fecal material or urine or whatever stoma you have is unobstructed. And so in which case it just becomes a functional issue in trying to manage that hernia. If your stoma stops working, you have little to no output and you have accompanying symptoms such as acute pain that's not going away, symptoms like nausea, vomiting, fever, bloating in the stomach, in the abdominal area, if the abdomen becomes very distended or very hard and you're feeling very unwell, that might be a sign that you're experiencing a strangulated hernia and you should call your doctor straight away. Now, how do we treat the pain and discomfort associated with a peristomal hernia? There's several methods that that we can recommend to a patient. One of the first and foremost methods is to instruct the patient to go and lie down and rest supine or on your back. For approximately 15 minutes in doing so the abdominal muscles relax and if there's any bowel that's trapped in that area in that space between the stoma and the abdominal wall it has the chance to slip back into the abdominal cavity and that's what we call a reducible hernia just by doing that people often report that their symptoms do become relieved that's because all the bowel goes back into the abdominal cavity It doesn't, unfortunately, prevent a hernia from happening again. And in severe cases, sometimes surgery is necessary to fix a peristomal hernia. But it is not the first-line treatment that we recommend for people who live with a peristomal hernia. We often tell you to lie down first, try and reduce that hernia, and so on and so forth. There are abdominal support garments that can be worn. They are available on the Stone repliance Scheme or available for purchase. They are abdominal binders that you can wear over the top of your pouching system or in some countries they have a hole cut out so that you can wear the pouch through the abdominal binder and these can help support the stomach muscles to prevent that bulge from getting worse or from sticking out more. Some people do report that they get comfort from that and that it helps to reduce their hernia or at least prevent it from getting larger during the day when they're upright and active. And of course, one of the other treatments that we will recommend is for those of you who live with a colostomy or a stoma of the large intestine, we want to make sure that your output stays nice and soft so that it can pass through the stoma without getting trapped in that large bulge of hernia. So preventing constipation is key because constipation or hard feces can also sometimes get trapped in that hernia or behind the hernia and cause significant discomfort and pain for some people. So that's an easy one for people who live with a colostomy. If you're experiencing discomfort and you do have a peristomal hernia, always make sure that you keep your stool soft. You can take a stool softener uh, in the form of medication. However, usually people can manage it through diet um, alone, which is things like increasing their fruit and their water intake. So staying hydrated, keeping the feces nice and soft. Some people may choose to take a fiber supplement and some people may choose to take laxatives in some really extreme cases or if it's been recommended by a medical professional. Now, while we're on the topic of talking about pain resulting from an obstructed hernia, I want to talk about bowel obstruction pain as a whole because that is a very common symptom for people who also live with a stoma. It doesn't matter the type of stoma. Anybody can get a bowel obstruction. But for particularly people who live with an ileostomy or a small bowel stoma, bowel obstruction and the pain related to developing a small bowel obstruction Is something that's quite significant and it's something that we do get quite a lot of phone calls about and it can be quite easy to recognize whether somebody has a bowel obstruction but it can also be somewhat elusive at times as well and it all depends on the symptoms that accompany that obstruction which some people experience and some people don't now what are the causes of bowel obstruction there's many many different causes Uh, It can be something along the lines of adhesions or scarring from previous surgeries or perhaps uh, adhesions or scarring from cancer treatment. So radiation therapy can cause a lot of scarring internally and that can actually prevent the bowel from being soft and supple and moving food along like it would normally and that can cause a tight band of adhesions around the bowel that can be quite painful when food is trying to pass through. Other causes can be constipation. Constipation can cause an obstruction if you can't pass a stool properly. It can be a food bolus, depending on the foods that people have eaten. And for those of you who live with an ileostomy, hopefully your stomal therapy nurse will have spoken to you about in the initial post-operative phases, um, going on to a low-residue diet, which means avoiding the sharp, crunchy, difficult-to-digest foods. Um, so food boluses, if you eat large chunky portions of food that can't push through the bowel properly that can get stuck or blocked in the bowel and then there's other causes like uh more sinister things so perhaps cancerous tumors or malignancy anywhere in the abdominal cavity that can push against that bowel and and cause it to block off particularly in children If anybody uh, cares for somebody that has a pediatric stoma, uh, there's a condition that a lot of children get, which is what we call intersusception, which is where the bowel essentially slips within itself a bit like a telescope, but on the inside. Um, And that can cause significant uh, pain and obstruction of, of bowel contents in some younger persons. And then generally stuff like inflammation. Inflammation is a big thing. If you've had any sort of abdominal surgery and the bowel or the abdomen is inflamed, um, that's going to obviously put pressure on those organs and stop them from working effectively. And that can block off the bowel from performing its normal function. Okay, so what are the symptoms of a bowel obstruction? If you live with a stoma and you start to have symptoms that you think might be related to an obstruction, you may be experiencing things like acute abdominal cramping that comes and goes. So it's not constant, but it's like uh, stomach cramps that are quite tight and painful. You may be experiencing a loss of appetite. It may make you feel nauseous. You may start vomiting. If you can't push any food through, you may find if you are obstructed, that you might begin vomiting. One of the most common symptoms is a lack of output from the stoma, particularly for an ileostomy. If you notice that your stoma output has changed and it's uh, the lack or total lack of output, or if you're just experiencing like a clearish liquid output from the stoma and no solids, that might be a sign that there's an obstruction within the bowel that needs to be unblocked. Or you might find that you have abdominal swelling or bloating. You might find that if a lack of stoma output combined with abdominal swelling or bloating might be a sign that you are obstructing somewhere. Now at this point, I want to distinguish between a condition that is sometimes mistaken for a bowel obstruction. It is called a pseudo-obstruction or a paralytic ileus or ileus. That's going to be brought up in a different Ostomy Nurse episode because there's enough information to talk about that as a condition in itself so look out for that in a separate episode but this is particularly focusing on um, an acute bowel obstruction so there is something that is effectively blocking off the bowel so what do we do about obstruction if you are concerned that you've got this acute cramping pain in your belly that comes and goes or if it's quite constant and you are also uh, suffering from the other symptoms like lack of stoma output Um, pain discomfort vomiting nausea um, and you're concerned that you've got a blockage contact your medical professional early or your stoma nurse nice and early there are some things that you can try before heading straight to hospital if if you are hoping to manage it at home and that's things like taking a hot shower abdominal massage um, heat packs to try and resolve that Um, We generally suggest that you reduce your food intake and have fluids only, because if you are obstructing, then eating something is only going to get further stuck in the bowel. So we generally say to ease off on the food and increase um, a little bit of hydration to see if that can't push stuff through. Um, There are some foods that have been suggested that you can try to try and um, push things through. That's things like prune juice or pear juice. If it's partially obstructed or if it's a food bolus that's just trying to work its way through, sometimes drinking those uh, drinks. Um, Or even Coca-Cola has been suggested. There's not actually a lot of scientific evidence, though, that backs up whether they are effective or not at resolving a small bowel blockage. But it's certainly something that you can try at home if you want to try and and relieve that feeling before getting in touch with your specialist. Okay, so that pretty much sums up some of the more common reasons that patients will call us when when they're reporting pain symptoms to do with their stoma in general there are many many reasons why a person might be experiencing pain whether it's living with a stoma or not there are many different types of conditions that can cause pain so the overall message in regards to this podcast is that if you are experiencing some sort of pain and you are unsure what to do about it or how to resolve it always get in touch with a medical professional or your stomal therapy nurse to talk about the symptoms When you're trying to distinguish what the root cause of the pain is, it's often important to look for the uh, symptoms that might be accompanying that pain. So other things to look for, which we've mentioned. So in terms of things like blockages, looking out for things like uh, a lack of stoma output, nausea, vomiting. For things like a parastomal hernia, look for that bulge and see if that's causing you some of the discomfort. It's important to really consider the other symptoms that go along with that pain. When you do contact your stomal therapy nurse, if you've got pain symptoms, it's important also to try and recognize what type of characteristics that pain has. So obviously, if you can try and write down what it feels like, where it's located, um, the severity of the pain. So perhaps on a scale of one to ten, ten being the worst pain you could imagine, whereas one being relatively minimal pain. Uh, what triggers the pain, whether it gets worse or better in certain positions or certain activities. It's always important to try and gather as much information about the pain symptoms that you're having as possible, especially in times like these where we're potentially unable to see people face to face um, or actually have a look at the stoma itself. Having a really good description of the pain and the type of pain that you're experiencing can help us uh, or give us a little bit of insight into what the problem might be. Most of these pain symptoms are treatable depending on the cause of them. So don't live with pain. Pain is not something that people should just live with. So if you do have pain, as always, get in touch with a health professional and see if we can't resolve the problem for you. I think that's pretty much it for this episode today. I'm not sure if you can hear it, but I'm getting very out of breath trying to talk into these microphones these days. I've got uh, quite a pressing problem that's preventing me from breathing adequately, but I hope it's not messing with the podcast too much. I'm going to try and squeeze in another couple of episodes uh, before I have to go off again on some leave. But if you guys are happy listening to the content, please feel free to rate us or leave a comment on whichever medium you're listening to the podcast from. I appreciate your help and assistance, and I am very, very grateful for all of you sticking with us during this time. And we hope you tune in for another episode of the Ostomy Nurse Project, coming to you from down under, just like where your stoma is. Chat to you next time, guys. Bye.